Good evening and welcome back to The Breakdown. I'm Luke. I'm Kurt. And we are so happy that you're joining us. Uh, shout out to all of our parachute churches yes. and all of you listening at home. And of course, um, those of you who may be listening to us um, after this show has been recorded on our new HPC Sermon Notes podcast, where you can listen to Pastor Zach's sermons and of course, um, episodes of The Breakdown. Um, so Pastor Kurt, if you don't mind, just open us up in prayer. We're going to open in prayer, but man, how cool to be back here for week two. Absolutely. This is really cool. It's I guess like, it's a thing now, right? Okay. It's you can a do thing. it twice and then it's a thing. <laughs> so we're so glad to be here with you and let's go before the Lord as we trust him for what he has for us. Father, we come to you in Jesus name. We thank you that you are faithful. And uh, even in times when we are faithless, you remain faithful. Why? Because you can't deny yourself. Mm. So we placed our trust in you. We thank you that as we dialogue and go over the message and kind of what we've been meditating on all week, that you would lead us, Father, to really understand what it means to cross our Jordan and to enter Jericho. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So what I thought was really cool about the message on Sunday, yeah. when I was going back over it and, and really allowing it to marinate, is how well it segues from last week's message yes and i know pastor zach doesn't do series <laughs> but it really does like it really segues and if you guys think back to uh, the last episode of the breakdown what did we emphasize last week is that we are a kingdom of priests we are a kingdom of priests that's and right i am a priest of god you are a priest of god we go out into this world mm. we speak life and and we bring we bring the kingdom yeah and this week's message really carries off out of that, as we're going to see. Now, just as a, a brief synopsis of the sermon, and I, uh, if you haven't listened to it already, go back and listen to it. Yeah, that. it's great. It's on the podcast now. So, Pastor Zach talks about how to cross your, you have to cross your Jordan mm -hmm. before you can conquer your Jericho. That's right. And he contrasts the crossing of the Jordan River by Joshua and the Israelites when they're coming into the Promised Land with the crossing through the Red Sea mm -hmm. when Moses brings the Israelites out of Egypt. Yes. Now, there both times there are crossings, but they are not the same thing. There are two very fundamental differences. That's and right. I really want us all uh, to get this. So in Exodus 14 at the Red Sea, this is what Pastor Zach says, when they cross, they crossed and then the waters parted. But at the Jordan, the waters parted when they crossed. Mm. And that's because at the Red Sea, God was delivering them out of bondage. Mm. They're being delivered out of bondage. And you can go back and read um, in Exodus 14 and the, and the surrounding chapters, the Red Sea is ahead of them and the Egyptian army is coming yeah. behind them. Yeah. And the people are, they are not organized. They are literally in a panic. Um, and then God delivers them out of the hand of the Egyptians by parting the Red Sea. And then we all know that the Red Sea is closed on the Egyptians. Yep. So their, their deliverance was complete. It yeah. was final. Now, fast forward, they've been wandering around in the wilderness because they are, they are they're disobedient, they are rebelling, um, and God has to work that rebellion out of them. Yeah. He has to bring um, discipline into his people. And now they are finally ready to inherit uh, the promised land. That's it. And so he brings them to the Jordan River and he, he tells uh, Joshua, you're going to send them out in battle formation as they cross. The priests carry mm -hmm. the Ark of the Covenant 
will, will lead them. When the priest's feet rest in the waters, then, then you'll see, you'll see the miracle. Yeah. And, and the, we know what happens, the waters part and they all go across on dry ground. So Jordan, they're crossing over in battle formation mm -hmm. at the Red Sea. God's presence carried them. Yes. And at the Jordan River, the people <clears throat> carried the presence. Mm. And Pastor Zach had very key quotes on this. He says that, you know, because of this, we march in authority. That's right. Whereas at the Red Sea, we're running in fear. Mm -hmm. And we are not called to run in fear. We are called to march in authority. And we carry the presence of God. And we go to conquer our promised land, but we have to cross our Jordan first. Yeah. It's so good. I, I think, like you said, Luke, all I kept thinking about this past week was, wow, Pastor Zach, that message was a big wink at last week. Mm -hmm. It really is, a, you know, that, that beautiful ode to the priesthood that we mm -hmm. all enter and the beautiful ode to the identity right. and the authority that you, that you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a great way you just kind of recapped the message. And, and one of the things that kept coming to me as I'm sitting there listening, I'm kind of chronicling my life. I'm mm -hmm. sitting and listening on Sunday service and I'm saying, okay, where was my Egypt? And where's my Jordan and Jericho? Where's my Red Sea and my Egypt? Where's my Jordan and my Jericho? And, and have I left all of them? <laughs> have I actually moved out from that place of Egypt where I'm, in, I'm bound? Yes. And I think that's just the first point to really kind of hit on and think on is, have we taken that step to move out of that place of Egypt? And if we have, and we see, okay, God has brought us through, you know, that, that amazing Red Sea, and we've seen the parting of the waters. Well, now, now that we're carriers of his presence, and I do want to park on that for a little bit, because that's where we get our authority. We are now carriers of his presence. And, you know, one of the things you see in the Old Testament was that the authority of God the Holy Spirit of God would rest on individuals for a time, you know, be it Saul, and then it was removed, Samson, Samson. and then it was removed. Mm -hmm. But now, through the death, burial, resurrection mm -hmm. of Jesus, God is no longer just putting on his authority and Holy Spirit and then taking it away when we mess up. No, 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 no. No, because we're that kingdom of priests and because Jesus is the yes. high priest, Amen. he has come now, Amen. as he said, to take up residence inside, inside of us. Inside us, And yes. so this whole issue yes. of authority, you know, it's not about like, oh, I have power to do this and I have power to do that. Man, if we're hung up on power, we're in the wrong business. God <laughs> gave us authority because of communion and relationship. Here's the point. We have the authority that we have because we've been vested by mm. the king. Our father is king. Mm -hmm. And so we come into communion with him and it's like that prince. Now, nobody likes the annoying prince, right? Nobody likes no. the annoying prince that says, oh, well, my dad's the king and I can do whatever I want. Really, when the prince comes to understand his identity and his authority, he understands it's for the place of serving. So we have been given this authority, not for us to build up wealth and all these different things. We've been given authority to enter that inheritance. And there's some points there. I'm going to park there for a minute, but there are some points there that I want to chat on. You know, when we cross over that Jericho, it's not just about going in battle formation. It's not just about going to wage that war. It's actually entering into that place of inheritance. Amen. Amen. So going back to that identity of, of being priests yeah. is 
to me, it now seems that when I read that story, I should identify with the priests because I'm the one who is stepping into my Jordan. Yeah. And I have not, I'm not only now, before they were carrying the presence of God, Mm -hmm. but now as a believer, as a son of God, I have the presence within me because the Holy Spirit has indwelled in me. Yep. And I carry that inside of me, not just on me the way the priest did. That's right. With the mercy seat. Yes. It is now inside of me. Yeah. And that's that's a real distinct difference that I think is worth spending some time on. Um, because, you know, God calls us, like Pastor Zach kept making that distinction on Sunday. God now, having come from bondage and getting ready to enter into the promised land, everyone is now believing this is where we're supposed to go. Okay. So he talked about the two spies that were sent out as opposed to the 12 previously. Okay, so now everybody's in agreement that we're supposed to come out and we're gonna inherit this land. God is with Mm -hmm. us, he is for us, this is going to happen. Well, now you actually have to take the step. Now you actually have to step into the water before we stood at the water screaming, oh God, what are we gonna do? Oh God, what are we gonna do? And God supernaturally parts the waters. But now God is saying, you've seen my miracle. You've seen me move. Now I want you to understand the authority you've been vested with, the authority that you have been given. And when you step out, and Pastor Zach kept talking about that on Sunday, what, what, is, what is it the Lord has called you to do? Yeah. What is, the, what is yeah. stirring inside of you that you know you're supposed to do, but for whatever reason, you're standing at that water with fear instead of taking that step? And I just I want you to park on that too for a second and go a little deeper because I think it's easy um, and I know like even though I grew up in the church I had to grow and I grew in my understanding yeah. of of what I actually have in Christ and you know as a as a Christian as a as a little Christian a, a young child to me Jesus represented this is my get out of out of hell card so he's gonna get me. Um, to heaven mm. when I die. So I'm not going to go to hell where the devil is. Yep. And, you know, a lot of Christians initially, that's, that's, that's their understanding. Yeah. Um, but it's so much more than that. We're vested with the authority of Christ. Now, what is, what's the biblical basis on that? Like dig into that. Well, I think it's really interesting. Jesus says that the, the thief did not come, John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and life more abundantly. So there you see life in the natural and supernatural, life abundantly. And so I think it's really interesting to realize that it is not just, I was just talking to somebody about this probably a half hour ago. We have done a really good job in the, in, not in the early days of Christianity, but we've done a great job of, of using fear tactics teaching a lot about hell, preaching a lot about hell to get people. Our motives are good. We want everybody to inherit the kingdom of God, but we're using fear. So what has happened to a generation is we have now, we got people who prayed a sinner's prayer. They, they made a decision, but there's no fruit in life whatsoever because it never was about relationship. It was about fear. Mm. I don't want to go to hell. Jesus is my get out of hell free card. Okay, so now what do I do? Well, I go to church on Sunday and I maybe join a small group and I'm in a Bible study and maybe I'll do schooling or, but yeah. there's no real transformation because it's about relationship. Right. And so we're, we're, we're looking so many times about, oh, I have the authority as a Christian to do this. Do I really have it? 
are we looking at it for authority's sake or are we looking at it for relationship's sake? Right. Like because I have a relationship with God, I'm vested with his authority. So I therefore get to walk out right. his authority that Christ gave me. And I'm no longer at the Red Sea. That's, I'm no that's longer right. being delivered out of bondage. That's done. That's done. That's done. So now it's up to me to cross over Jordan step out in obedience and receive and lay claim to the inheritance that Christ has not only put in me, but he's he manifested here so that I can manifest his glory uh, to the people around me. And you know, it's so hard to do that if we're not regularly renewing our mind to the truth of the word. You know, our transformation comes when we're renewing our mind to the truth of the word of God. We actually have to be in the word to see what mm. God says about us and life today in order to take that step. How can we step out? How can we know we have authority to step out and, and step into that Jordan if we don't have the confidence of the word of God behind us? Amen. We must have Amen. that confidence. Yes, yes. And now, I mean, that sounds like there's like a lot of things that we have to do. Yeah. But we also want to go back to that idea of rest. This is so good. Um, because it was when the priest's feet rested, rested. Yes. that the waters parted. Yes. So, okay. What about that? This this is so cool because I love this. And, and I thought Pastor Zach, he's preached on rest before and he did a great job bringing up the difference between Shabbat and Nuach. And I just love to hear him say it the whole time. So <laughs> great job on that. It was awesome. It's better than how I would say it. it it's so. probably better than what I just did right now, but it was great. It was really awesome. And, and that's what I love about our Sunday messages is we're mm -hmm. getting a little bit mm -hmm. of that. And it's really wonderful to meditate on yes. all week and think about. And, and this concept of New Testament rest, you know, the book of Hebrews chronicles this in Hebrews 4, and it talks about, you know, the children of Israel when they first came out of Egypt, God swore they'll never enter my rest because of their disobedience. But there does remain uh, for the believers a place of rest in God. Now, as New Testament believers, what that means is we are resting in the completed work of the cross. Yes. So Amen. very simply. Amen. It is by grace through faith that we are saved, right? So it's not of works that we can boast. Ephesians 2 tells us that. It is by grace through faith. Therefore, the only way we receive anything from God, the only way we receive the inheritance is by grace through faith. And so I kind of look at that New Testament place of resting as, okay, there's a work I have to do. When the Lord tells me to step out, I'm going to have to step out but I'm going to step into the rest of the completed work of the cross. You're not gonna find me toiling over, God told me to do this, I've gonna make it work. God told me to do this, I gotta make it work. No, you're gonna find me resting in, God is who he says he is. He'll do what he said he'll do. Amen, amen. We have been set free for good works. Yes, Because the real work has been completed. Yes. And through that we display God's glory. Yeah. So I am a priest vested in the presence of God, and I now go out and I display his glory. That's so good. It's, it's really, you're, you're hitting the nail right on the head. It's so important that it's, it's the good works that we're saved unto. Yes. That, that's a really important distinction to understand that we're not like saved and now we don't have any works. No, we have good works that follow us. They follow our righteousness. So it's just by nature of who we are, Jesus said, my father is always working, right? Yes. So I think that's really awesome. But, but to know that our work is not a toil. It's not a toil. We're resting in the completed work of the cross. So now bringing this down to a more uh, personal mm. and, and a more you know, practical level, 
we've talked a lot about our identity in Christ yeah. and, and what this really means as a priest of God. But then playing it out, it's, you know, we have to go back to that, I, that reality that, you know, I, I, and I relate to this um, in the past, especially. It's like, I don't feel like I have that authority mm. or, I, or maybe I don't think that I have that authority. Maybe yeah. there's something that I still have that I feel like I have yet to do. Yeah. But it's like, and, and you know, a lot of people, there's probably people here watching that like, yeah, you can talk all about this, yep. but you don't know my situation. Yeah. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how big this Jordan uh, looks to me. And it's like, I don't even know what my Jericho is. Yeah. So yeah. responding to that, it's, it's going back to the truth of God mm -hmm. and also re realizing that God understands this. God understands you. He understands your situation. In, in Joshua chapter one, and I thought this was really yeah, cool. Yeah, it is good. You have to go back to, jo to Joshua chapter one. Before they cross over, the Lord goes to Joshua and says, Moses, my servant is dead. And Joshua's probably like, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's <laughs> dead. And like, now I'm in charge and I don't feel like I'm ready for this. What does the Lord say to Joshua? He says this multiple times. He says, be strong and courageous. Be strong yeah. and courageous. Yeah. We have to, that's what we have to do. Yeah. We have to remind ourselves of the truth. You know, um, talking to Pastor Wally, he has a really good question. Yeah. Whenever I'm working through something with him, it's what is the, what is the lie and what is the truth? And that's how, that's what we have to do yeah. every day when we're confronted by these, by these lies. And we can just go right out and say it. The lies, though they're in our mind, or maybe mm -hmm. they've been spoken over us, they originate with Satan. Yeah. And so, so what is the lie that I'm thinking or that I'm feeling? And what is the truth? And Satan, one of Satan's lies is going to be, you don't have what it takes. Yeah. Because Satan knows he can't take away uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit from you. Yep. So he's going to try to make you believe that you don't have it. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Same thing he did in the garden. There's nothing new with the enemy. He's doing the same thing he did in the garden. And, and just to jump on that real quick is Romans 12, 1 and 2. We talked about it a little bit more, you know, but we're presenting ourselves a living sacrifice to God, which is our reasonable service now being born again with what the Lord has done. And we are no longer being conformed to the pattern and likeness of this world, you know, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. I got to talk with Pastor Wally last year as well, and he introduced me to this exercise of what's the lie I'm telling myself? Yes, it originated with Satan, but I've been yes. rehearsing it. Amen. What, what's the lie that I've been rehearsing? Okay, I'm going to write that down, and then I'm going to write down a corresponding truth. Luke, every time I did that, I had three corresponding truths to every lie, and every one of them was Scripture. And the only way that that was able to happen was because the Word of God was coming out of me because the Word of God was in me. And this is why it's so important, not for Bible thumping, not for proving we've got something that others don't, but for the sake of our inheritance and transformation, we need to know the word. We need to know what the word has to say about us because there are going to be times you don't feel like you have authority. There are going to be a lot of times you feel like I don't have what it takes, right. but it's not about how you're feeling no, in that not. moment because you've already been vested with authority. You've already been given the Holy Spirit of promise and through faith and patience, just like our forefathers, you will inherit the promise. Amen. Amen. And I know Pastor Zach referenced uh, Romans 8 in his sermon. Yeah. And it was in, in 
you know, in regards to like, you know, manifesting the glory and, and creation groaning, but it's that whole chapter highlights, I think in a, in a very real world way, how it actually feels when mm. we're playing this out. You know, creation is groaning, we're groaning, but we have the Holy Spirit in us. And you know, the, one of those, my, one of my favorite passages about the Holy Spirit is in that chapter. And it's where, you know, the Holy Spirit prays, mm. like where we don't have the words. Yes. So if you feel like you don't have the words, just know that the Holy Spirit that is in you. That's it. That's it. Is praying for you with groanings that can't be put into words. Yeah. There are certain things that we cannot put into words, but we have been equipped yes. with the authority and that cannot be taken away from us. No, it really can't. That's such a powerful truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Romans 8, 31 through 32, it says, you know, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? Mm. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Yeah. So it comes down to me trusting the Lord, trusting yeah. that his ways are higher than my ways, trusting in his word, having him direct my paths, mm -hmm. like in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, yeah. and then obeying his word. So in chapter 1 of Joshua, after the Lord says, be strong and courageous, um, the Lord also says that he is to meditate on the book of the law. He is mm. to meditate on the scriptures. Yep. And that is what is going to cause his way to prosper and to have success, yeah. is meditating on God's word. And so we meditate on his word and then we obey his word. And a lot of times obedience, I think, feels like stepping into the waters of a river that you cannot cross. That in your na That's in our good. natural mind, we feel that we cannot cross, but we obey the Lord, yeah. trusting that he will be faithful yes. to us. Yes, that is so good. That's really awesome. You know, and as we're, we're getting close to winding down in our final few minutes here, you know, we, we've touched on it a little bit, but just how this breaks down practically. Mm -hmm. You know, we can talk a lot in theory, and, and you're right, you know, it can be easy to sit here and to go over the message, and, but what about tomorrow morning when we wake up? Everybody knows, mm -hmm. you know, I'm Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote the song, you know, it's, uh, it's 6.30 in Monday morning, and I was worshiping like crazy yesterday, but this morning I'm stuck in my bed. Yes. It's that ability to really get up and start moving into what God has called you to. I love some of those last points that you made there, but breaking down the practicality of what it actually looks like you know, in our, in our daily lives of, first of all, identifying the Jordan that we may be at um, and then what the Jericho is we're going into. But I even got to thinking a lot about, you know, have you really come from that place of bondage? Mm. Have you really crossed yeah. that Red Sea? I think that is a really important question. Have you let the Lord take you out of that place of Egypt? Every time we see Egypt in the scripture, it is a representation of the world culture and bondage. And so have we really let the Lord take us out of that place of bondage? Because first and foremost, that has to be a supernatural deliverance that he does. And if you can say, yep, I know that the Lord has done that for me. Now you're standing at this new place where the Lord is calling you mm -hmm. to an inheritance and to something new. And you have to have that confidence to step into the water. The only way, only way that confidence is going to come is if you identify as the priest and if you have the authority that you know you've been vested in and you're a child of God, you belong to the Father, Amen. then you can step out confidently. Amen. And then another thing that practically, and this has helped me many times too, is 
when I'm facing something that is in front of me um, and I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out, it's going back and recounting the other times in my life yes. where God was faithful to me. Yes. And then what does God have them do? In Joshua chapter four, because <laughs> this is I love a, this is amazing. It is. And it's when good. I when I hit when I hit on this, I was like, this this is so true. It's really good. This is so the people have crossed. Yes, the priests are still standing on the dry ground in the river, and Joshua has uh, twelve men, one from each of the tribes, go to the river where the priests are standing, yes. and take a stone, carry it on their shoulder, and they build um, a tower with the stones. Yeah. And he says, this is for when, you're, when your children say, what do these stones mean? Yes. You can talk yes. about how the Lord led you across the Jordan on dry ground. Yeah. And he also does a now, a, another pile of stones in the river. Yeah. Um, and I just, I feel like that, that's really awesome. But, but that's what that is. It's recounting the faithfulness of God. Yes. Because God has gotten us through mm. other Jordans. Mm. He will get us through more Jordans. And we will continue to press on into that inheritance that he has called us to and given us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The New Testament principle that we understand is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, in the Old Testament, what we see acted out is literally the storytelling, the mm. recounting of God's faithfulness. Yes. And so we see time and again, hey, mom and dad, what's what's that pillar of stone over there? Like, what's that all about? Why why does the water stop at that one location? And there's like one, two, three, four, five. There's 12 stones right there. What's that all about? Oh, well, that's when the Lord delivered us. You know, number one, you're establishing faith for your child. Number two, you're recounting Luke, like you just said, God's faithfulness to you and to his people. And it's so good because the only way to build our faith, the only way for us to successfully move on and move into that next Jordan to inherit that next Jericho is to build our faith. Mm. And that happens when we speak the word of God. And sometimes speaking the word of God is speaking God's faithfulness and reminding ourselves so our own ears can hear what God previously did for us. Amen, amen. I'm reminded of Lamentations. 322, uh, where it says the steadfast... Wait, you were reminded of Lamentations? Well, <laughs> the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. So good. Great is your faithfulness. Yes. So we have to seek his will to envision what it is the Jericho that he's calling us to, yep. um, that he's given us, because it's going to... It looks a little bit different for each of every us. Every one of us, yeah. But we are crossing not alone, mm -hmm. but we are crossing over in battle formation. Yes. We are a people of discipline. Um, we, we are not running. We are going confidently and we're not going confidently alone. We're going confidently together as a community of believers. So and good. This needs to be emphasized. So good. Um, because that's another lie from Satan yes. is you can do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. I can do this by myself. And that's, that's that that's not true no it's not and that lie actually starts off like pretty young like in the in the toddler oh, years oh yeah you know where children are developing the sense of autonomy like it's like i can do this all by myself <laughs> and it's you know satan takes that and he'll just like carry that all the way through all adulthood way. yeah 
but it's but the truth is is we can't do this by ourselves. Yeah. We need we need the people of God around us. It's so important. We see it played out, you know, the in the in the New Testament scriptures, do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as some have done, mm. at, especially as the day is getting closer. So that's been written to us as an encouragement and as a warning to say you've got to stick together because the only way you're really going to successfully cross over that Jordan and not just cross the Jordan, you're not crossing the Jordan to survive. This is not running. You're crossing the Jordan to inherit. And the only way you're really going to inherit is to be together, to be in unity, to have that bond of unity. Amen. So that's awesome. Well, we're winding down to just the final minute and a half here. So quite a quite an evening. <laughs> this has been so much chalked evening. up in this message. Absolutely. It was really awesome. I know. I feel like we could we could really sit on this for several hours. We definitely could. Um, but just some closing questions and some some thoughts. To those of you who are listening, and I ask these things to myself too, um, we really do have to dwell on this is, have I left Egypt? Maybe I'm still in Egypt. Maybe you are still in a place of bondage. Mm. Um, and then if you've left Egypt, is Satan carrying your mind back to Egypt? Wow. Because that's what the people of Israel struggled with too. Yeah. Was they were, they were always, they had this false idea of Egypt too, you know? Um, and then what is my Jordan? What is your Jordan? And then what is your Jericho? What, mm. what is the, the step of obedience that you have to take so that God can part the waters to lead you into the, the next step of the inheritance that he has for you? Um, and just challenging us to trust the Lord. We need to obey his word. We need to meditate his word. And we need to rest in his presence. Yeah. And then recounting his faithfulness every day. That's so good. And just remembering that we are a kingdom of priests. We're not, we're not walking or fighting alone. Mm -hmm. um, we are vested uh, with the authority of Christ and we have the Holy Spirit in us. And I would challenge each of us uh, this week as a follow-up to this to read Romans chapter eight and allow these truths to, to, guide, the, to guide your reading. Um, ask the Holy Spirit what he, what he wants you to do as your next steps. Um, and then also reading um, Ephesians chapter six for the uh, armor of God, because those two go hand in hand in how we are to walk this out um, in the world in which we live. It's awesome. Well, once again, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. And this is the breakdown. Comment below. Let us know what your thoughts or questions are. And uh, we will see you right back here next week. God bless you. <laughs>